Welcome to On Sports for My Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. I'm Colin Logston. I'm Evan Sashello. And I'm Vaughn Lozon. And like we said, normally this is a pro sports show, but there was something going on this past weekend, something that started that's not pro sports, but a little bigger than anything that's kind of going on in the pro sports world right now. We got NCAA March Madness that started this past weekend. We got the Sweet 16 set. And I don't even know if madness is the right word to kind of describe <laughs> what's going on. I think kind of pure insanity is a better way to say it. Just all the upsets, all the buzzer beaters. I mean, every, everyone's bracket across the world is destroyed, mine included. And it all kind of worked its way up to last night's meltdown by Northern Iowa against Texas A&M. Northern Iowa was up 12 with 34 seconds left and somehow managed to blow it. And Texas A&M won the game in overtime. So it got me thinking, where are some of the biggest chokes in sports history? So we all kind of made a list, and we're going to go around and talk about our biggest chokes. So Evan, why don't we start with you, and you give us uh, your top three chokes in sports history. Well, my first uh, choke from last year was the 2015 U.S. Open. You guys don't remember, it was Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. It was an epic battle. And it went down to the 18th hole. It was a tie for first. And then Johnson, on the 18th hole, he had an eagle putt. And he could have won, but instead he had par. And that gave Jordan Spieth uh, the major that year. Uh, last year, of course, Jordan Spieth had the record-breaking year. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was just a choke job by Dustin Johnson. I mean, he had that in the bag. Uh, you know, golfers tend to maybe sink on the last last hole, last minute. Uh, that's what he did there. That's my first. Uh, my second, uh, 2013 NBA Finals. Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs were 28 seconds away from clinching the NBA Finals. Another With another championship for Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, everybody. And then we all know Ray Allen, that corner three, and that comeback that the Heat made that was just... Had Danny Green have gotten the rebound from Bosch's three-point miss, they would have won. But Danny Green missed it, and then Ray Allen got the ball right to him, and that was that Before was that comeback, too, all the Miami fans were leaving. I mean, <laughs> they all tried to come back in. They were running away. Yeah, they tried to go back That's in. That's almost a choke. You can make a choke job just on them. Yeah, choke, just them yeah, 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 absolutely. That is, that is a good one, though. And that wasn't the end of the series. That was game six. That was game six. They played game seven, but that momentum. Yeah, you, Miami, knew, you knew after you that. There was no way the Heat yeah. were losing after that. Right. My last one, 1986. It's in baseball. Billy Buckner, man. Oh. Uh, Boston Red Sox, the ball uh, going through the legs. Uh, it's tough to see. Uh, that's my three. I came close to choosing that one, honestly. As a Cubs fan, I can relate to the Red Sox prior <laughs> prior experience. So for mine, I got 2004 ALCS, Boston versus New York. Uh, one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. Uh, the greatest rivalry in baseball. Uh, New York was up 3 nothing in the series. And Boston won four straight games to go on to the World Series. And they eventually won the World Series, too, against Colorado. Uh, that was that was like the dream team of Boston. They had Manny Ramirez, Big Poppy, uh, Johnny Damon, uh, Roger Clemens. That was the, the bloody Sox, the, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, 2013, the Iron Bowl. Uh, I'm sure you guys all remember the kick six. Nick uh, Saban yeah. elected to uh, kick the game-winning field goal uh, with barely any time left. And... Uh, Auburn's kick returner, uh, Chris Davis, returned it 100 yards uh, to end the game, and Auburn went to the uh, final BCS championship game after that one. I can still uh, visualize that play. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I, was nobody recently, likes Bama. That was, that was a no, great play for all yeah, sports fans. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody likes Bama. And then my final one, uh, Colin, cover your ears. Uh, uh, 2003 NLCS, Game 6. The Cubs were winning 3 nothing, and uh, they Steve Bartman, he kind of just – Destroyed your Cubbies' chances of going to the World Series, and uh, Florida was down three nothing, 
And uh, they scored eight runs in that inning. And that and, was to get the final out to get out of that inning, yeah, too. That, yeah. Well, and, was it? I think there I was. Think, no, there was one out. Was there one out? Yeah, okay. there was, it was a 3-2 count. And he eventually, the batter got walks, Luis Castillo. And then Pudge got an RBI single. And then Miguel Cabrera, uh, he got on by an error. And that, that, that was a huge error in that game, too, because then Derek Lee, after that, hit a two-RBI double. Uh, and then there was a sack fly, which made the second out. And then there was an intentional walk to load the bases. And then there was a bases-clearing double. And then Juan Pierre hit an RBI single. So Damn, eight, Juan, eight Juan, Pierre. Juan Pierre. Can't stand that, Out dude. of all the guys that you yeah, imagined, <laughs> Juan Pierre. Pierre. And, uh, yep, game, and the that, Marlins won that game, won game seven, and uh, they eventually well, was, won the World the, Series. The Cubs were all 3-1 in that series. They won that game, yeah. then won the next two. Yeah. So it was literally that one play by Bartman. It could have cost him a trip to the World Series. Yeah, that, that error by uh, by that shortstop, too. Um, that, that was he rough. still gets hate mail and still hasn't been back to Wrigley Field since. Is, is he Steve alive Bartman? still? He's alive. Last, on him. Last, year, Cubs, really? last year, Cubs, yeah, last year Cubs fans are trying that. to raise money to get him to go to a game, to one of the playoff games. And he didn't go? No. <laughs> He's like, forget you guys. Yeah. I haven't wow. forgotten about that. All right. So, okay. yeah, those are my three. Those are all really good ones. My biggest three. Number three, um, 07, the New England Patriots, undefeated, looking like they're going to win the Super Bowl against the New York Giants, one of the worst playoff teams ever is what most people thought. Everyone thought, that's oh, already over. Patriots are going to beat them by 50. They were already printing off the shirts, already playing in the uh, parade ceremony afterward, and they choked. They lost to uh, <laughs> Plaxico Burris and Eli Manning in the last second throw, and it was that huge um, David Tyree catch right before that. Rodney Harrison missed it. He looked like he had gum attached to Tyree's helmet. That's he caught what they that. they joked about. Yeah. So that was a huge choke. Would have been um, only the second undefeated team in history. So the Dolphins, the, the Dolphins, 73 Dolphins 70s, or whatever, yeah. were happy about that. But that was a huge choke. Number two. You close your you you close your ears, Vaughn. Uh, right. Nineteen ninety three, Chris Weber, the Fab <laughs> Five, their last chance to win a championship, down by two with like ten seconds left in North Carolina. He gets the rebound. First, he looked like he traveled. They didn't call it, so he got yeah. lucky there. Then he dribbles it down the floor and he calls a timeout, which Michigan did not have any technical foul. And then North Carolina ended the game on free throws. Just the worst way for them to go out. He still hasn't um, that was heard the last of that game. game right? National championship against yep. North Carolina. And that was the end of the Fab Five after that. It's a bad way to end, a, end, an, end an era. Yes, it was. And number one, John Carney for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if you guys remember back in 03, the River City Relay. Them against the Jaguars. They had to go 75 yards at the end of the game just to tie it and send it to overtime. They had like seven different laterals. Um, they finally scored. As time expired, one of the greatest plays ever. Carney misses the extra point to send it to overtime. <laughs> yep. So they lost 20 to 19 to the Jacksonville Jaguars because he missed an extra point. They had one of the most unbelievable plays in NFL history, and he misses the easiest gimme in professional sports. That has to be, that's one of the biggest chokes ever. Like, a little how do tougher you miss now. That? I remember watching that play in my uncle's house, and I was looking around like, are you kidding me? Like, how do you cost your team that after they just had an unbelievable play? Against so the was, Jaguars, of all Against teams. the Jaguars. So go back, back then, they were decent. They had Jimmy Smith. Yeah. You know, they were. They were complete garbage back then all right so transitioning into march madness or pure insanity as i like to call it (laughs) this just been one of the craziest years ever everyone's brackets done um so many upsets in the first round michigan state went down to middle tennessee state we saw michigan lose um to notre dame in a close game they kind of choked that could have been one how michigan choked against notre dame Mm -hmm. although they weren't really favored to win that game anyway um so many crazy games northern Illinois won their first game had a half court buzzer beater to take out texas yep um, Wisconsin, Bronson Caden had a three-pointer at the buzzer last night to beat Xavier. It's just been crazy, and it's been a lot of fun watching it all. What are your guys' thoughts so far, and uh, how are your brackets doing? I ain't even filling out this year. Uh, 
just one of those years for me. Uh, You're so lame. You know what? <laughs> I was watching CMU's men's basketball team all year. That's enough of my college basketball. Uh, it has been the craziest uh, year so far, I believe, in my lifetime of March Madness. Like you said, all the different upsets. Stephen F. Austin could be in the Sweet 16 right now. Uh, like after, they beat, after they beat West Virginia, uh, you see all these teams. Michigan State, uh, Kyle Austin of MLive had a nice column that March finally caught up to Mr. March, Tom Mizzo. That's why they lost. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the great coaches, like all the great coaches, you know, they have their first round outs. Never was Tom Mizzo. Always getting his team to Final Four, and that happened. But you take a look at Syracuse. Syracuse is a, a 10 seed. They shouldn't even be a 10 seed. It's because it's Syracuse, a Jim Beheim. Uh, they barely made it in, too. Yeah, they barely the made teams. it in. They probably shouldn't be in it in the first place because of all the sanctions, but here yeah. we are. Uh, you see Notre Dame, the sixth seed there in the Sweet 16. Uh, just a crazy year so far. Uh, I'm taking a look at – are we picking our select, uh, Sweet 16 right now? No, um, we already have the Sweet 16 set. We're going to – I mean, like gonna, our Final Four. No, we're going to save that for a little we're bit. Gonna gonna initial thoughts right now. I'm going back to last night's game, uh, Northern Iowa versus A&M. Uh, the craziest finish I've ever seen in college basketball right there. Yeah. Uh, just going through all these games right now. Uh, I'm surprised we still have two number ones right now. A few number ones. Uh, I think Oklahoma, what we saw against VCU, I saw that. That was the game I watched uh, the most last night. That was a very intense game. Uh Indiana and Wisconsin have somehow snuck into the Sweet 16 after <laughs> everyone was talking about, oh, Michigan State, and everyone here in the state wants Michigan, Michigan State to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always those two red teams uh, <laughs> in the Big it Ten is. that are always there. Wisconsin, yeah. they have a chance Wisconsin. to go back to the Final Four. Uh, but I'm taking a look at this. After uh, losing everybody from last year, too. Like they lost that Kaminsky, Decker, Gosser. They lost everybody, and they're still making it back. And they lost Bo Ryan, their head, their legendary head coach. Yeah, that just shows how good of a program they have there. And they had that game winning three in the corner. Bronson so, Kane again, um, like I'm saying, over Kane. over a really good Xavier team. Yeah, a, team, a lot of people picked them to go to the Final Four. That was big for Wisconsin. And teams like big for the Big Ten. Gonzaga, the Gonzaga's an 11 seed. You know, with Mark Few, and they always seem to be in there. But yep. they're all, they're always ranked low. But they always come to play against Utah. Utah, the three seed, they beat them. By double digits. It was 82 to 59. Yeah, it's bad. And then Middle Tennessee State, they put up 90 against Michigan State. They, were, they could be a sleeper in the tournament. And then they get dropped by 25 they points blown to Syracuse. Out. Yeah. Yep. So it's crazy. And then Notre Dame winning against Stephen F. Austin, like we said. I mean, the c- complete comeback by Texas A&M. Uh, Yale had that nice win that first game mm-hmm. against Baylor. And then they almost came back. I don't know if you guys saw it was like a 14, 40 to 19 game. I was game watching that. I was watching Duke. that. Duke was imploding. It looked like they yeah. were going to lose, but they finally mm-hmm. hit a couple free throws late to win it. But that was a great comeback by Yale. Then Oregon almost blew it to St. Joe's. That was a five point win from the one seed. Yep. So it's just crazy. And uh, although it was Oregon really a one seed, I mean they won the Pac-12, which they're the only Pac-12 team remaining. So it shows how good that conference <laughs> is. And there's six ACC teams remaining in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's, that's the most. That's, that's the most in, ever. That's yeah, insane. Ever, ever from a conference. Yeah, that's insane. Surprisingly, uh, my bracket's not doing that bad. Um, really? I, uh, besides the whole Michigan State thing, I picked them to win. Uh, it's not doing that terrible. You know, I had West Virginia in the Elite Eight, um, Michigan State obviously winning. But other than that, it's not too bad. Um, I picked some of these upsets. I picked Northern Iowa to beat Texas. I picked Gonzaga to get to the Sweet 16, uh, beating Utah. And I also picked Wisconsin to beat Xavier. 
which I was really happy about that that last second corner three. You got lucky there, man. Yeah, I you did. I had flashbacks <laughs> of uh, Cameron Chapman uh, yep, yep. passing it over that that corner and hitting that three. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not looking too bad. My uh, my south bracket actually, I only have one wrong. Uh, I picked Arizona over Wichita State, but other than that, I've I picked Hawaii over Cal, uh, and then Maryland over Hawaii. So now in my elite eight, I have Kansas playing against Miami, which I'm, I'm not feeling too confident about Miami now. Uh, they had a pretty good game against uh, Wichita. I actually made a pretty good run for their money. Um, Villanova's just been kicking everyone's butt. So I, I think that Villanova could win that. I think Villanova could get to the Final Four easily. Uh, they have, they have the team they experience to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they've been there before. Yeah, um, North Carolina, I'm going to have to rely on them to get to the Final Four. Uh, their side of the bracket's looking pretty easy now. They just had to beat... Uh, Indiana's been pretty tough. Uh, but if they beat Indiana, then they'd play the winner of Notre Dame-Wisconsin. I, I think they would manhandle any one of those teams. Uh, but yeah, the the tourney, it, anything's possible. It's March. That's what I always say. It's March. Uh, all these upsets, I'm not surprised by. Yale beating Baylor. Um, Baylor had a good chance to win uh, to get a two pointer at the the last second, um, but the guy slipped. He slipped and fumbled he slipped, the ball. And... and then the same thing almost happened to Grayson Allen in uh, in Duke's first game against UNC uh, Wilmington. Yeah, Wilmington. Yeah, they, he slipped a few times there too. Do you notice he tripped another guy against Yale? Yeah, he, he did, did. Trip again. Yeah. But yeah. no one, no one even. I don't think it, really. that one was. It was all subtle. He yeah. tried to make it look that. Yeah. He easily stuck his foot on, tripped the guy. Uh, the that other intentional. The other two were intentional. I don't know about that one. I mean, no one's, making a, big, no one's record, making a big deal about it. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like the Indomitian Sue thing. Like, once you do anything questionable See, after that, everyone's going to look at I you know. differently. He, it's beca- it's because of his reputation now. Yeah. Because yeah. of the few game, the game against Florida State and all that stuff. But yeah, and the same thing happened to Purdue. The the Purdue guy, he slipped as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just crazy how how all of these are happening, and uh, a couple of these are just coming. By uh, instances of a slippery floor or a slippery shoe, whichever one it was, uh, it, it's just insane of how how all of these teams are still managing to get wins. Northern Iowa, that buzzer beater was insane, and then going half back court, half, yeah, court. half court, that was insane. It was. They almost tested mm-hmm. one that yesterday too. You see that? And then yeah, that a, yeah. But they, they had way more time. They still had the like five seconds left because yeah, the Texas A and M player he th- heaved it with like one point three yeah, seconds yeah. or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, all, all these buzzer beaters, the UConn one in their conference tournament uh, yeah. to force, what, triple overtime? Or, uh, no- quad- or was um, that – was that that was double overtime, I want to say, to force triple overtime. The Oklahoma one? almost had one. Uh, in the UConn-Cincinnati game in their conference tournament. Yeah, it was like two, three-fourths court. Yeah, yeah, that was in double overtime to force that, triple overtime. Yeah, yeah the Oklahoma crazy. one too, right? Was that Buddy? Buddy Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. they didn't yep. count that one. Yeah, nope. they didn't count it. That was – that would have been intense. So like all of these buzzer beaters are happening. Virginia, yeah. It's just, it's March. That's what I always say. It's March. So I'm not surprised mm-hmm. at the amount of upsets that are happening and mm-hmm. all these crazy last second threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's March. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Um, going off of that, normally I'm not surprised with this. The only one I'm super surprised is Michigan State. Mr. Yeah. March, what time is it? Like you guys were saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, they don't always win the championship, but you can always guarantee he's going to get his team to the Elite Eight, to the Final Four. For them to get bounced in the first round like that, we've never seen. I, I can only remember one time they've lost in the first round in the last five years, and that was to UCLA, but that was a big off year for them. Yeah, That was the year Michigan was Michigan actually swept them during the regular season. But since then, every year, he's at least gotten them to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. to the Final Four, and he never overlooks teams, and that's what they did. That's what Denzel Valentine did, Matt Costello, Bryn Forbes. 
is though they overlooked those guys and they got beat bad for it. They got out hustled. They got out worked. Really bad loss for them. Valentine had a really bad shooting day too. Really bad. Like he only what eight points the whole game. Yeah, eight or ten points. They, they all and Bryn Forbes, I think, only had like and then they 12 were points. considering him to be the national player of the year. Yeah, I think Buddy Heal. Yeah. I think Buddy Heal has that locked up now. Yeah, because <laughs> he actually he actually showed up in March. Yeah, so that was just very surprising. That's probably the worst loss in their program's history. Well, the problem with State is that they relied on too much on Denzel Valentine this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to previous te- uh, teams, see Draymond Green, they rely on him too much. But yeah. you know, he had Keith Appling and everybody, Kalen Lucas. You see, they had a, yeah. a core team. Yep. You're now, okay, you got your Forbes, you got your Costello. But he was always the one setting those guys up, though. They never really got their own shots. Bryn Forbes was just a catch-and-shoot guy. He could never set up his own shot. That's all he does. And Costello would always just get every rebound and just out-hustle the other big man. He was never that talented. He never had post moves or anything. But It was all set up by Valentine. Talking about a collective team, yeah, it was Denzel Valentine. He was playing point guard. That's Tom Tom Nair's position. Tom Tom Nair was hurt for most of the year. Talk about Deontay Davis, supposed to be a lottery pick. Played 15 minutes against Middle Tennessee State. Yep. It was just, you rely on him way too much. And he came up short, and that's why State's out of this game. Out of but besides them, I've been very impressed with all the top seeds. Besides them and Xavier, yeah. all the top one and two seeds are still left in the tournament. And I think um, Kansas has looked great. North Carolina has looked great. And Virginia has looked really good. Their defense has been great. Um, they beat a good Butler team the other night. Iowa yeah. State has looked good. And then there's been some, um, some, some of the lower seeds, like you said, Gonzaga, Syracuse that are shocking some teams. And that should have been state. That's that has that road right now, and that looks mm-hmm. like a pretty easy road to get to the lead. All you got to do is get to the lead, and they kind of that blew side, that. Yeah. Yep. Who they've beaten the last two years in the tournament. So Virginia's yeah. pretty happy that they're out. They beat them in the Elite Eight last year too, right? They beat them in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, it was so the Sweet Elite Sixteen, eight, and then they beat Louisville okay. in the Final Four. And the year before that, they beat them in the Sweet Sixteen. Right. So Virginia's pretty happy about that. Um, another Big Ten team who disappointed was Purdue. A lot of people had them going far in the tournament. Well, one of the things I, one of the reasons I almost picked Arkansas Little Rock is because Purdue doesn't have guards. They're a big man team, and in yeah. March you need those guards. Right. They I, they have the Davis guy, Raphael Davis, but all they have is Hammonds and Swanigan and Haas down low. They don't really have anyone else to shoot and get them the ball. So that was one of the reasons I was looking at them to lose, and that was a big disappointment for the Big Ten. But Maryland has looked good. Maryland, um, Indiana, really good. Yep. Wisconsin have all shown up for the conference, and then you just look around. You have teams like Miami, Villanova. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. Um, Notre Dame, Wisconsin would be a good one. And Duke, Oregon. I picked Duke to beat them earlier, so I'm hoping they proved me right. But after that almost <laughs> um, collapse against Yale, I'm not so sure. I mean, Duke's so inconsistent. I mean, we talk about in the past how they lost to Albany in that first round. Lehigh. Uh, Lehigh, yeah, yeah. Lehigh yeah. a couple years ago. But then ago. they go and won the championship year, last year. Championship. Yep. But the thing about this team, this is not a classic Duke team. They're only playing seven guys. Right. They have no depth on this team. So they're wore out by the end of the game, and that's why they almost always blow it. They blew it to Notre Dame in the yeah. AC tournament up by like 20. So this could be interesting watching the rest of the way. Um, transitioning into the Final Four. Okay. You guys still have your Final Four teams around? Or you have State going? Or I know you didn't fill out a bracket, but you probably thought. You yeah, probably think it's still. You still think it's State? State? Okay. I got three of the four. Who are they? Kansas, Oklahoma, and <clears throat> UNC. And I think that those three have a really good chance to all get there. Uh, coming out of that, Did that you other state side, other I had state in the other one. Okay. I had state winning the entire thing. Wow, so that, that's why my bracket wow. was the Michigan fan taking state to win the whole thing. Yeah, I, they just they, looked like the, the most. They, they were the most well-rounded most, team. They had the best chemistry. Yeah, I don't know if they're yeah. most talented, but they so, were they were the hottest team. Coming out of the Midwest will either be Virginia or my surprise team Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga has a pretty decent chance to get to the Final Four now. 
Now that states, really? now that states out of the way, I looked up some stats earlier today. Um, they're they're pretty good um, overall in in scoring offense and like all that stuff. So thirty fifth in scoring offense, they score seventy nine point four points a game. Uh, three point percentage, they're thirty seventh in the nation with thirty eight percent. They're thirty second in rebounds per game. They're thirteenth in free throw percentage. 35th in scoring defense, they only give up 65 points a game. So they're outscoring their opponents by 14 points on average. Um, the main concern there is turnovers. They turn over the ball a lot. Um, I didn't even scroll all the way down to see how far they were. <laughs> but guess who is? Um, guess who gives up or who had the fewest turnovers this season? During the regular season? Yeah. Which team? Yeah, just take a guess. Central Michigan. Really? Central Michigan had really? the fewest turnovers this year. Wow. 303. I can wow. see that. They don't turn it over that much. I, like, I looked at it, and I was you like... score that much either. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's a problem, too. Yeah, scoring. But, yeah, I think Gonzaga has a pretty decent chance. If they got Syracuse in the Sweet 16, Syracuse shouldn't even be in the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, um, they but they made it to the Sweet 16 somehow. They beat Dayton. And then they there's no way they would have beat there's no way they wouldn't have beaten state there's no way they would have gotten destroyed in that no, game no state would have ruined their day yes um, so if Gonzaga beats Syracuse and then after that they just play the winner of Virginia Iowa State I think they that'll can be a good game I think they can compete yeah I think so too yeah. I think they can compete with either of those two teams uh, Virginia is really good defensively so causing turnovers that would be a problem for Gonzaga Iowa State relies on all their shooters. So I think that that would be a really bang bang game if they got Iowa State in the Elite Eight. Who do you got coming out of there? Still, I still got Virginia just because of that defense. I, I I could see Gonzaga getting there just because of all the stats that I rattled off, and they've been playing. They once they get to the tournament, they're just one of those teams that just consistently wins. Northern Iowa is another one of those teams. Like the last five years, they've just they come to the tournament. And people overlook them. They're like, oh, it's Northern Iowa. And then they'll pick, no, Texas. I'll pick Texas to win because Shaka Smart's a great coach. No. I had Texas winning that game. Northern Iowa won. And then Northern Iowa should have won last night, but they completely blew it. So if it wasn't for their epic loss last night, they would be in the Sweet 16 playing against Oklahoma. So who knows? Anything could happen. It's March. Yeah. (laughs) It's March. So you had State, but right now you're had, picking had, Virginia, yeah, and you already had Kansas, UNC, and Oklahoma coming out. Yep. Mine was about the same, although I did have Virginia beating State in the Elite Eight. I thought did this is finally the year. They're finally going to get past Izzo. Mm-hmm. I think Malcolm Brogdon, he's one of the best players in the country. That defense is just ridiculous. Yeah. I think they were finally going to found a way. Um, and, yeah, I did have Virginia. I did have Oklahoma, did have Kansas, did have UNC, and I have Kansas beating uh, Virginia in the championship is what I had. It still looks pretty good. Both those teams, I think, look like the two best. You right got now. a good chance. I'm hoping I'm finally right. You're the rest of my bracket is is done. I've so only I'm picked. Not, I'm not winning any pools. Yeah, yeah, but I'm still not winning any pools. I've only picked the national champion one time. And it was really yeah. It was when UConn was a three seed, a three or four seed, and when they had Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. I, that was I picked year. UConn that year, and I, I Kemba Walker is like one of my favorite college players of all time. So I was huge Kemba fan back at UConn, and I I rolled with them and. That was the one time I'd ever. Do you not won. pick UConn like three or two years ago? When no, they won I don't think anyone. There were seven UConn. seed. No one picked yeah. them all the way. And then I then losing the Kentucky first round to St. Joe's that year too. And Kentucky was an eight seed. Yeah. Who did both those teams beat to go in the final four? Michigan and Michigan State. Yep. Could have been a special year for basketball in the state. Of course, <laughs> we couldn't have that. Nope. Who do you like in to go to the final four, Evan? Well, I didn't fill out a bracket, but if you were to ask me before, 
tournament started. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would have said Kansas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Michigan State. That would have been my final four. I think that was the most, most popular one people yeah. liked. Yeah, and two twos, two ones. Uh, now I'm looking at this. I don't think there's going to be a one seed. It's going to be in the final four. Really? Really? No. Who do you like then? I got Villanova coming out of the South. Yep. Wow. Uh, they're just killing everybody. They've Jay been Wright playing is, really well. Jay Wright is one of the most underrated coaches in he the country. He's always but so is under Lara, the radar. Larry Nega for Miami is too, though. He, remember, he was that George Mason coach back in 06 when he got him to the Final Four, so watch out for him. Miami beat Buffalo by like seven points. I can't take them uh, coming out of the MAC. Nope. Uh, so that's coming out of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the West, I got Oklahoma. Uh, just because, you know, Buddy Heald, he's the best yep. player in the country at this moment Absolutely. right now. Uh, but the way that team played against uh, yesterday, uh, to get that comeback win, essentially, uh, that that's key. And that's Gets that need. tough VCU trap. What's all these Virginia teams and their great defense, even <clears throat> West Virginia? Yeah. Like, how come all of them are so good in defense? I, I don't get it. But, yeah, Buddy Heald's been great for them. Then out of the East, I'm going to take Wisconsin. Oh, all right. And you can say, I think they'll call. beat. I think they'll beat Notre Dame, but yeah. then they got either Indiana or UNC, probably North Carolina coming up. North Carolina's gonna be a tough matchup, and so is Indiana. But uh, Indiana's been inconsistent during the regular season. And I think Wisconsin did win it at Assembly Hall yeah. during the regular season too. So that, that's so a winnable game. That's, that comes that's down the to match the that happened. Yeah. And then North Carolina, you know, I like Roy Williams, and uh, North Carolina's always there in the Final Four, but. You know, Duke's kind of overtaken them in that uh, aspect. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, they've lost Bo Ryan. They've lost their team, essentially, no Kaminsky. But I said the interview yesterday, uh, they said that they just find a way to pull things through. They become a team. And uh, that that three they made yesterday, that's going to give them the momentum going forward. Yep. That's very key. And then the mid Midwest, which is the worst uh, region oh, yeah. right now, should have been Michigan State. Uh, but you got the one seed, the four seed, the 11, two, 11 and the 10 seed are going to be playing for the Elite Eight. This is March. Yikes. This is what March is all about. Yikes. Uh, I'm going to go with Iowa State, the Cyclones. Good pick. Uh, just because uh, they have a guy mm-hmm. by the name of Monte Morris. He's a guard, Flint, a junior guard for Flint, Flint Beecher. Beecher. Yep. Beast. I remember him in high school. How did he get out of state? Like, how did he not end up at state or Michigan? That's crazy. He's averaging 14 points a game. He's just leading this team. Uh, the Cyclones, you know, back in the old days when they had Royce White, uh, they were always just a competitive basketball team. I feel like mm-hmm. they're going to come back and be that same competitive team. Uh, you know, the pattern with all these teams is that we've seen mm-hmm. these teams in the past. And even Northern Iowa, when I leave for Oakmanesh, was there uh, when making threes and having comebacks. Uh, but you see, Gonzaga is always there. This is just, this is what March is all about. Like we said, uh, they want all these intense games, all these upsets in the first two rounds. But now it's the Sweet Sixteen. We got the ones and the twos, the threes, the fours, couple fives, couple eleven and tens. But this is what the NCAA wants, and it's going to be a, an exciting weekend and next weekend too. Yeah, I like that Iowa State pick. They also have a really good big guy by the name of Gorgeous Niang. Yep. Beast down low. I think came with Morris. They got a couple wings that can shoot too, and they've been there time and time again. The last few years, they've always been going deep, so they could definitely beat Virginia. That'll be a fun one to watch. Um, so our so um, Taylor DeSormo, our sports editor who runs the uh, Maroon and Bold podcast, he brought up a good a good point when we were talking about the chokes earlier. They said he said after the game last night, the Northern Iowa big upset. Um, 
he said Charles Barkley brought up a good point. Should we should we be talking about these players, these college guys? Should we critique them like we do sports guys? Should we should we is it fair to call them a choke performance like an NBA player? What do you guys think about that? Do you think it's fair to critique them like that? Because he's like they're going to be in class the next day. They're not professionals. They didn't choke. How do you guys view that? I think it's all right. I don't have a problem with them saying that they completely choked that game away because Northern Iowa did. They were up by 12 with under a minute left, and they lost in double overtime. Let's put it this way. Uh, Ben Simmons just declared for the NBA today. He's Mm going to be hiring an agent. Uh, He's not even able to drink. He can't drink alcohol, but he's going to be in the NBA next year. Now let's say that this situation happens to him in the NBA next year to where he gets the ball. Um, You know, they're, they're winning. Uh, they're up by 10, whatever it may be. They're up by 6 even uh, and with under a minute left, and they blow it. And they say, oh, he, Ben Simmons choked. He missed a free throw or whatever the case may be. Uh, w- would that be a problem at that point, even though he's still super young just because he's in the NBA? Uh, there, there shouldn't be, oh, he's in college. Uh, I, he's going to be in class the next day. Uh, he's just going to be studying for his final exams. It, it shouldn't matter. Because he's at that school to play basketball. He's not there yep. to go to school. He's there to play basketball. Ben Simmons. And you really think he went to class every day? Ben Come Simmons. On. No, at that one point. No, yeah. No, he, 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 he was yeah, not. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say over two or under two. Skipping classes he's at, yeah. in the first place. Yeah, he's yeah, skipping so. classes. He's basically just preparing to be an NBA player. Taking a pay cut going from the SEC to the NBA too. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so that's my argument. That if he's going to go to college – to play ball, and he's going to go there for just one year. You see all these guys leaving. James Young from Kentucky. Anthony Davis was there for one year, I want to say. Um, and guys used to leave straight out of high school. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving. You know, all these guys, they were only there for one year, two years at the maximum. Yep. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with saying that they choked away a game when they should have won. They were up by 12 with under a minute, uh, what, 30 seconds, 34 seconds you said earlier? Yeah, 34 seconds. 34 seconds. Up by 12. Yeah. That's... They choked it. That's all I got I've never say. seen a meltdown like that in the end of no, a basketball awful. game. That, that not, was not, not in the NBA either. No. I've never seen a team yeah. lose up uh, by that many. That's They could have been middle schoolers and you say, oh, they choked it away. They blew it. Yeah. They did. It doesn't matter how old they oh, are. Oh, that probably happens in the middle school game quite often. It probably often. does. <laughs> no, it, it probably does. It doesn't matter if it's middle school, high school, college, NBA, yeah. D-League, mm-hmm. Summer League, whatever. Uh, they choked it away. Yeah. That's it. Evan, what's your take on that whole situation? We should critique college athletes yeah. uh, for choke jobs. Uh, easy answer. Uh, there should be no other way. Uh, you see nowadays you look at six- and seven-year-olds. They're wearing Michigan apparel, Michigan State apparel, they're building a brand. These arenas are huge. Okay, this isn't like a high school cracker box. These are huge <laughs> gyms. Yep. It's national TV. All right. You say you're in college. They're grown men. They're all above 18 years of age or older. Yeah, some of them can't drink. But this is preparing them for the professional circuit that they're about to enter. Some of these guys, like a Buddy Heald, you know, like a Denzel Valentine. Mm-hmm. They got to get criticized because you look at college basketball games, college football games, whatever. Mm. There's a press box, and then on the court, there's media member, media member, media member, media member. There's TV cameras. Everyone in the public, even out of the arena, they're watching this game. The media is writing about it. They're going to get criticized. It's just 2016. That's where we're at. Uh, Even if they're not professional, because professionals are going to get criticized. That's no question. But in terms of college kids, 
I mean, like a Michigan State, like a Michigan, I don't know, like in Northern Iowa. I mean, it's March Madness. You're going to get criticized. And if you blow the game, that's what's going to happen. People are going to have an opinion about you. No one's going to forget it. No one's going to have memory loss and say, oh, that never happened. It happened. Like, if you go back to last, 2014, the Western Kentucky Central Michigan game. Central Michigan pulled that win off. They converted that two-point conversion. Western Kentucky would still be talked about today, that they blew a 49-14 to lead in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. That's just where we're at in society. and. Uh, people just need they need to grow up men do uh, everyone's under constant pressure and criticism I completely agree with you too and you look at the source where all this talk came from Charles Barkley of all people yeah. <laughs> we've already roasted him on this show one time before and he just gave us another reason I mean the dude gets his information off Wikipedia and he, he doesn't even know how to talk in front of a camera he's he's literally just on the show to generate buzz because nobody likes him <laughs> it's funny. just but yeah, I think yeah. I think high school. It's maybe that's not fair because they are still students, and not, a lot of them. I mean, they just kind of walk down the team. It's not as big of a level. But the NCAA tournament. I mean, that gets more views than NBA finals does as a whole. I mean, these kids are on national TV. They work their butts off 365 days a year, 24 seven. I mean, they prepare for this stage. Now, maybe if they would have, if they had a five point lead and they lost, maybe that's not a chill. But a 12 point lead, yeah, one a- of the, the maybe the biggest um, turnaround in. NCAA tournament history, yeah. being up that late, that uh, that much and that late. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened in tournament. Not in our lifetime, it hasn't. That's a choke. Michigan State blowing it to the 15 seed Middle Tennessee State. That's a choke. And it's fair to say about these guys. I mean, they're they're over 18. They're grown men. A lot of them are going to be in professional sports next year. If they can't handle it now, how are they going to handle it next year? Just like us as students, our professors train us in a professional atmosphere. You hear journals and teachers say it all the time. Going to put you on a deadline for these class assignments, just like you're a professional journalist. These guys should be held to that same standard. Totally exactly. agree. Okay, so we're going to finish up with our uh, our stud, our weekly stud and dud. My stud is the NCAA tournament selection committee. They get a lot of heat after after um, selection Sunday yeah. by guys like Joe Lenardi, by a lot of the fans, letting in all these teams that people didn't think should get in it. But look at all the mayhem it's caused. It's been a great year for college basketball. Everyone's excited. Everyone, we're all in this together. All our brackets are messed up. But it's fun <laughs> watching all these buzzer beaters and upsets. I think they did a great job putting these matchups together and letting a lot of these teams in. Like Syracuse, I think they did good. Like Michigan. Um, Stephen F. Austin, even they won their tournament. But I think giving them against, putting them against West Virginia, just matchups like that, they knew what would be a good matchup. So they obviously did their homework. My dud is MSU, Denzel Valentine, Tom Mizzo, they choked. They let down the whole state of Michigan. Sparty Nation is more upset than after the college football playoff. I mean, they thought that was bad against Bama. Was, yeah, this is like ten too. times worse. They were one of the, they were the co-favorites with Kansas to win the whole thing, and they couldn't get past a 15 seed who lost by 25 to Syracuse in the next round. And that might be one of the that may be one of the best state teams ever, and that was like the earliest upset Izzo's ever had. So. Yeah. That they're, they're definitely my dud from the weekend. People were comparing that to the Michigan Appalachian mm. State choke, and uh, it's even worse. Yeah, that. Yeah, I would. I I would kind of side with you on that. Um, but yeah, my stud, Buddy Heald. I think this one was pretty easy. Uh, going into this, we both had Buddy Heald as our stud. I had to change mine, yeah, but I'm glad. I, I'm glad because it made me think about that. So yeah, no, out. that was a good stud as well. But Buddy Heald, uh, yesterday he he played 36 minutes. And he had 36 points. Uh, he was 11 for 20 from the field. Six of those uh, 11 were from three-point range. And he was 8 of 10 from free throws. And he had seven rebounds. Uh, per game, on average, he goes 25.4 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Uh, just all the stuff that he's been able to do this year, 
with with the awesome Kansas games that Oklahoma's had with the West Virginia games, all the Big Twelve just ripping each other's throat out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it that's been the most competitive conference in college basketball. Buddy Heald is still able to do all of this, and there's no doubt that he's going to be the national player of the year. In my I mean, in my eyes, he is after the Valentine flop. I think Valentine had a yeah. slight lead. If you listen to all the experts going into that, the Valentine is slightly lead. After that, they no, had, no they contest. Had Valentine, yeah. No contest. Yeah. Um, my dud is Scott Boyette from from the Akron football team. Uh, I don't no, know I if heard you, about this. Yeah, you heard. I did, didn't hear about you this. You didn't hear about this. All right, here's an ESPN article. Just sum it up real quick. A former Akron football player is recovering in an area hospital Sunday after he was accidentally shot in the stomach by a teammate. Um, Andrew Pratt, a wide receiver who participated in Akron's Pro Day earlier this year, was in stable condition, uh, and he's expected to recover. So here's what happened. He entered the apartment of his neighbor and the Zips offensive tackle, Scott Boyette, unannounced at 3 in the morning on Saturday. Uh, He mistook him for a burglar and shot him in the stomach. (sighs) First of all, when I first read that paragraph, I was kind of thinking, okay, it's 3 in the morning. He's probably asleep. How in the world did he wake up instantly, just grab a gun quickly, and be able to shoot him dead in the stomach? Like, first of all, that's kind of impressive that he was able to do that. Secondly, he... So wait, he, he shot him from his bed? He didn't get up and enter the living room? And, no. And like I said, he just turned over and did it? No, yeah. He just he mistook him for a burglar and shot him in the stomach, and he had to go to the emergency room. At least he survived. That's yeah, he sur- yeah, he survived. Wait, this guy's a wide receiver, and the other guy's offensive tackle. Yes, is the offensive tackle supposed to protect his like wide yeah. receivers? That's kind yeah. of yeah, exactly. It's kind of ironic. It definitely and is very sad at the same point. Maction, right? Maction. That's, that's, that's hashtag oh, action. Yeah, I love it. So that's zips. my dud. The the Akron zips always doing Ak- something. Akron's horrible. I'm going to stay for, away from the college circuit. Uh, my stud. <laughs> We go with the Major League Baseball and the Nation of Cuba. Uh, this is going to be released on Tuesday. So today, uh, Tampa Bay Rays are going to take on the Cuban national team in Havana. This is a historic day. This is after, of course, President Obama said that relations with Cuba will increase. Uh, back in the 1950s, uh, Havana had a team. I, it was on ESPN, that feature story yesterday. Havana had a team in the 1950s. Uh, I think they were a triple-A team for the Cincinnati Reds, but the Castro regime take, took in and basically crushed that dream. But, of course, we see all the guys coming from Cuba, like Joanna Cespedes, Yasiel Puig, Jose Abreu, uh, these guys. They say that in Cuba, uh, the citizens, they don't get to watch the games until like six hours after they're played, and sometimes it's not even their favorite players or people from Cuba. Uh, so now Tampa Bay Rays are going to come tomorrow. Obama's already there. But the, the Rays are going to play the Cuban national team tomorrow. It's going to be a historic day. Uh, the first time anyone's played in Cuba since 1999, the Orioles were the last team to play in Cuba. So it'll be fun. My dud is Raymond Moore. He's the CEO of the Indian Wells uh, tennis uh, tournament. Uh, he criticized the WTA and said uh, women tennis players ride the coattails of the men. And then he said that uh, women's players should get on their knees and thank guys like, uh, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal uh, for that. And I'm like, this is not out of place. This is yeah. like, well, Has so he terrible. seen Serena Williams? Yeah, she could beat half the guys' tennis players. Probably more than that. Right, and Serena Williams uh, commented on it, and she said <laughs> uh, they were offensive, of course. It's, yeah. No woman should ever do that. They had Victoria yeah, Azarenka yeah. that said, we, women should rise above this. 
That's uh, disgusting. So this, what was Raymond the point Mol- of him saying that? It was just, just a, a random, random question. That it was a, before the tournament, it was a breakfast, so he was just talking to the media. And, uh, Sounds like something some, Charles Barkley would say. That's right. disgusting. Wow. So, it's terrible. That's just terrible. He apologized for it. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. He could be fired from his position or something. Probably. Repercussions, but that's there's no place for that anymore. No, not this at all. This is terrible. No uh, sports. They should make him one of the ball boys at Serena's next match and right. just have to go fetch all the tennis balls. That'd be a good punishment. Yeah. Instead of firing and make him do that, I, I would love to see that. Yeah, it's just crazy. Billie Jean King started the WTA and just shows yep. how women have risen, Verena uh, <clears throat> and Venus and Serena, uh, how tennis has, has gone up and it's just a bad way to put it down. Uh, so he's my dud. Yeah, and Billie Jean King, didn't she beat, wasn't Johnny McEnroe, or she beat some guy in like the, the Battle of the Sexes um, tennis match a while back? Yep. That's yeah, stuff like that's sad to see in sports. But that's all we have for today's episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week.